0: thank you for tuning in. Welcome to a new episode of the Passion for Technology podcast by EBV Electronic.
1: Welcome to the Passion for Technology podcast. 1.8 trillion euros. That's the sum the EU wants to invest over the next 10 years to go to net zero by 2050 as part of its green deal. This, in turn, demands an ambitious rethink in the transportation sector, which currently accounts for around 25% of the total greenhouse gas emissions in the EU. Electric vehicles will be an important part of this action plan. The market for EVs is booming, with 30 million zero-emission vehicles expected to be on Europe's roads by 2030. Against this backdrop, it's clear that we need to make preparations for the electric transportation of tomorrow and ensure that our charging infrastructure can meet exponential growth. To explore how that can be done, I'll be talking to three guests today. Sarah Gaimi, Director Technical Development at Avnet Abacus, is joining us. Hi Sarah.
0: Good morning. Hello.
1: Hi. And then we have Bevan Brody, who is Business Development Manager at Avnet Embedded. Hi, Bevan. Good morning, Mustafa. And then there's Andre, Andre Orel, who has been on the podcast a couple of times. He is the director of the city and infrastructure segment at EBV Electronic. Hi Andre. Hello, Mustafa. It's a pleasure to meet you again. Excellent. Great. So what's the situation like as things stand right now? I mean, is the charging infrastructure, is it being expanded quickly enough to keep pace with the increasing number of electric vehicles on European roads? Are we already lagging behind or is everything just as good as it possibly could be? Bevan, what's your take on it?
2: So Mustafa, today, I mean, in the UK, we're definitely lagging behind we're currently commissioning somewhere in the region of 23 publicly available charges per day. But to meet the demands, the car industry estimates that we need more than 700 on-street points to be installed daily to meet the demand. And the government has already admitted that this rate of deployment must accelerate to fulfil the 2.3 million required public vehicle charges by 2030 alone.
0: Yes, I mean thanks to the new policies on zero emission until 2040. Uh, so there are a lot of incentives to increase the share of the EVs on the road and this is going to happen and it is happening already in Europe. We are expecting to see the share to grow to 60 million vehicles until 2030 and this is going to get doubled to 130 million vehicles until 2035. So on the EV sides we are definitely there. but we are lacking today we have For those numbers of EVs are coming today, we have 374,000 public points in Europe, which is already 40% more than 2021, but we are still kind of uh, the adaption of the EV charging points is patchy. Based on the estimation and predictions, we estimate that we need 65 million charging points until 2035 which is the main part coming from the residential and kind of low-power public chargers. And the other 20% is related to the DC fast chargings coming and getting added to these charging points.
3: So just to add, European Union signals end of internal combustion engine by 2035. So this is one of the milestones. So, as we can see, there is a huge market on EV charging segment, and that's the core reason why the power of three come together to offer one-stop
1: shop to our customers. Sarah, what are the current market trends that you're seeing?
0: There are mainly three areas that I see that the new trends are coming. One of them is the area of power and increasing the power of the EV charging. The other one is the wireless charging, of course, which is also coming to the trend. And the third one is the communication protocols needed. On the power side, so we are seeing that a lot of big power charging points are coming under one megawatt plus size. This is, of course, kind of need a new kind of technology and serving the technology in which the cars are not capable of absorbing power least one megawatt on one car. So the trend is trying to share this power on one charging point using different dispensers to give at the same time enough power and enough charge to different kind of cars, four, five cars at the same time. On the wireless charging, of course, I think that it is not just kind of putting the car somewhere and charging it. Maybe additional help is going to be just driving while charging. And I think the wireless charging is going to be a big trend which is going to save, of course, a lot of time and give a lot of comfort to the users on the road. And for the communication side, of course, the vehicle to grid is now, we have been talking about this technology since 15 years, and now we are ready to implement it. The new technology is coming and enabling, implementing the vehicle to grid, giving flexibility to the users and to the grid at the same time.
1: Andrei, what are the key challenges when it comes to rapidly expanding the network of charging stations? The key challenge we
3: see is connected to the power grid stability. And this is a concern, especially with the renewable energy sources and the decentralization systems. Of course, the second one, the charging infrastructure is insufficient in the rural areas. And of course, not everyone has a garage or a park to recharge at home. So these are the key challenges What we currently see.
1: And Bevan, what could be done if we policymakers, various key stakeholders want to speed up the expansion of the charging infrastructure?
2: I think some of these key stakeholders need to look at working as part of an ecosystem with technology partners like ourselves, where they can get to market very quickly based on our standard building blocks. A lot of these companies have some niche ideas around green energy, renewable energy, as Andre mentioned. And I think a lot of governments are supporting these companies from a financial perspective to give a cash injection to allow these charges to be rolled out faster. So it's one of those things where we are here to help and we are at the forefront of this type of professional consumer EV charging vertical market. I think another thing to consider is there's a lot of new technologies which will help these customers have longevity in the field and forward compatibility for next-generation technologies, as Sarah mentioned, you know, with increased power demands, et cetera. A lot of these should be taken into consideration when designing these systems to allow for forward compatibility and sustainability of the networks.
1: Can you elaborate a little more on where we are heading technologically?
2: Certainly. So Avnet's an industry-leading technology partner and a manufacturer committed to high-quality, cutting-edge, cost-effective solutions into this vertical market. And with a lot of new technologies, for example, vehicle-to-grid, we can assist customers within that space with turnkey solutions, allowing them to get into that space with minimal impact on their own R&D and internal resources, allowing them to get their proof of concepts and their products out quickly into the market. And with this current increased demand in EV charging, companies need to step up rapidly into production. So very quick new products introduction into the market, which is where technology partners like ourselves, not just a supplier, but somebody that can actually work in an ecosystem to supply a turnkey solution to the market is key in assisting everybody in moving into the EV charging space.
1: Sarah, what's your take on where we're heading technologically?
0: One very important thing is interoperability between the networks we have today. So there are a lot of networks that the EV charging operators are offering, but they are not interoperable today. So we are working on different aspects, new standards to make the whole network operable and kind of giving a visibility from end to end in a supply chain of EV because it is a way that we can give a better user experience to our end users. And as Bevan just mentioned, yes, the vehicle to grid is now coming. We have been studying this since 2007 with different scenarios, with different technologies available. But now we are really ready to implement the technology. And I think that this is going to give us flexibility to use the grid better, the capability of the grids better, and offering also better user experience to EV users.
1: Andre, my observation is that a lot of the reporting usually focuses on inverters and charging power, but is that really all there is to it? I mean, what other components are important in designing charging stations?
3: So there are a couple of core building blocks beside the power stage, like charge controller, like balancing the network and the grid. So this kind of edge computing nodes will take their part, definitely. Some of them will offload cloud on a certain point. And, of course, there are some critical questions regarding the data privacy. So security will be under focus. And when we are entering into the broad, let's say, energy or new era energy ecosystems, we will need to balance everything. We will need to balance residential area, the grid before meter, after the meter. So there is a lot to do, in my opinion.
1: From the various aspects that you touched up on now, looking at the present and towards the future, all of that sounds like a complex system. And you know what? That's actually the reason why the three of you have been invited to the show today. You've been putting your heads together with the power of three as your motto. Bevan, could you give me an idea of what that's all about?
2: Power of three, we have all different abilities and capabilities within our ecosystem. And together we can work to help get product to market with not just hardware but also software and ip and e so electromechanical and interconnect allowing us to look at every single aspect of an ev charger rather than just one substrate layer and what that means is more heads are better than few and it allows us to really look at all the different pros and cons within the ev charging space but also work in new technologies together And finding solutions to some of the issues that Andre mentioned that everybody is facing within this, not just from power, but connectivity, software aspects, certain certifications, all of those. So as a collective working system, we're able to work together to resolve and provide solutions into the space.
1: Now, building on the power of three, having the three of you and the companies that you represent, who brings what to the table? You know, which company plays which role across the system? Bevan, would you like to start?
2: Yes, certainly. Thank you. So as Avnet Embedded, we are a supplier and partner to Abacus and EBV. So we work very closely with them to provide solutions to the marketplace within the embedded space. So we are industry market leader in computer module design and manufacturer system-level design and manufacture, and also displays design and manufacture through our European design and manufacturing centers placed in Germany, Malta. And we also work with a plethora of embedded technology partners on a global level to offer full-term key solutions, custom off-the-shelf solutions, whether it's design from the ground up, tin up or utilising our standard building blocks, whether it's risk based x x86-based, and we can help through our partners in the ecosystem of the power of three delivered full turnkey key solutions with hardware and software offerings. So
1: that's the Avnet embedded perspective. What's the Avnet abacus perspective, Sarah?
0: In Avnet Abacus, I see three layers of consultancy and solutions we can offer to our customers. On one side, the layer one is going to be the component we are delivering. At Avnet Abacus, we have two types of components. The core business is ip so we are offering interconnect, passive, and electromechanic products related to the recharging. On the other side, we are also offering the leading technologies to this application. We are offering wireless technology, sensors required for EV charging stations, and power solutions. In the layer two, we are offering with our partners in our ecosystem also software solutions to the customer because EV charging stations are not just hardware design and hardware components, but it needed also software expertise. This is something which comes from Avnet Abacus and the ecosystem we have within the company. And together with the power of three, we are offering the whole integration of layer one and layer two and offering the whole solution being a one-stop shop for our customers.
1: And the third pillar of this power of three is EBV Electronic, André. In EBV Electronic, we can deal with
3: four main pillars in EV charging infrastructure. And this is the power stage, the HMI, the charge controller, and of course the payment and billing systems. We can support from the component point of view and the design from scratch all four pillars. Of course, on top of that, we can add software in terms of the, as an example, ISO 15118 protocol or different kind of artificial intelligence plugins.
1: And Andre, what would you say are other advantages for charging station developers? Well, it's a land of opportunities,
3: right? Because on one side, it's first time in our history when automotive world is dictating the temper to energy sector. So the EV charging developers are actually to serve both sides. yeah. And this is a land of challenges. And definitely automotive vendors have their own requests. On the other side, there are utilities, DSOs, with their own analytics needs, you know, and their own balance needs. And saying balance means what you know, every industrial PC board on edge computing side can off take a part of this challenge. That means it's really a lot to be done here. Also meaning software wise, you know, we are talking about the new era, that means new tariff handling, serving the decentralized systems. That means even we need to think in the way to use industrial ways to use the blockchain in the future. And so, as
1: I said, a land of opportunities. Looking at the breadth of things that you look at, that you cover, would you say, Andre that you are a one-stop shop for charging stations?
3: Oh, now we are with the power of three. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm convinced in that. Yeah. So we can take everything, you know. We can take modular, non-modular approach. We can take design from scratch, really. We can bundle the software. On top of it, and even more, we can offer cloud services to our customers.
1: Bevan, would you say that the center of attention is more on high-end chargers, or can developers of charging stations for home use also benefit from the work that you're doing?
2: So previously, in my role, in my silo of this aspect, I would say it would be the higher-end chargers. But now, again, as Andre mentioned, working as an ecosystem we can approach anybody from a home charger to a very high end supercharger and of course everything in between we also see a trends now where many ev charging manufacturers are looking to address all of that market rather than just focusing on home charging or street charging or high end supercharging so in a nutshell we can provide all whether it's chip down design tin up design or based on our current building blocks So our standard compute modules, or we can look to work within our ecosystem as a pair of three to provide a bomb level and help the customer design their own product based on components as opposed to full custom engineering and design. And
1: Bevan, what do you think? How many charging stations will be needed in the next, let's say, few years, in the next couple of years?
2: Based on the report that we commissioned, and I can only speak for the UK here, we need in the region of 2.7 million chargers by 2030. The current estate of EV chargers is less than one-tenth of that currently, and it is growing. So if we look to expand it over a mere, for example, we would be in the region of 20 million-plus chargers required by the year 2030. And this is all estimated. If we look at the fact that last year, for the first time ever in the UK, EV vehicles and PHEV vehicles actually caught up with the sale of fossil fuel cars for the first time. So the trend is growing and we will need a very large amount of chargers to service the new era of EV vehicles.
1: And uh, Sarah, what's your take on it? Do you agree with Bevan there about the growth rates and about where we need to be?
0: No, on European level, there are a lot of studies has been done, a lot of estimations, but one of the recent studies shows that the number of the EVs are going to grow and the share is going to reach 230 million EVs Europe-wide in 2035. And for that, we need a huge demand on EV charging points. So these studies, again, estimate that we would need 65 million charging points until that date, 2035. And 80% of this need goes to the wall boxes and home sector. Since it is very important to have the fast chargings on the road and be able to charge on the road. But the main part of the charging is going to happen at works and at homes. And this is a sector which is going to bring a lot of value since we are going to charge on the off peak of the grid. And this is going to give the grid a lot of possibility and cost saving in extending the grid and trying to shave the peak during the day. So it is a big sector we have to put the focus on.
1: Andre, I'd also be very interested in your take on this.
3: Absolutely. I mean, I agree with Bevan and Sarah, absolutely. So I can see this as a stress test. In the stress test, you can actually make a judgment where we are currently. And that the winter which is coming will somehow reposition all the priorities on the energy sector. So I, I've. I put my bets, definitely, on the residential sector because the governments currently are not taking too much attention to that. And utilities, of course, they have other problems to solve. EV charging is just one entry point, you know, but it's a door opener because the ecosystems needs to be added to it, like energy storage, photovoltaic. We are talking about hybrid inverters, island modes, off-grid, on-grid. Tariff handling, all these, it's a land of opportunities. And as we are talking today on EV charging, yes, it's important. It's a main driver. It's really a pilot. But this is a pioneer for the new energy era. And that's why it's so important for us. It takes a lot of passion and energy. And actually, I can tell from EV point of view, we have all the right players in our portfolio to serve it.
1: Moving from the big perspectives and the grand scheme of things, maybe to our private lives, do any of you already drive an electric vehicle? I mean, it's top of mind for many of us, including my family. So Sarah, Bevan, Andre, do you already drive an electric vehicle or do you have plans for one? Sure.
3: I drive a Tesla, a Model Y. You know, if I want to share the experience, I need to live the experience. So
2: <laughs> I, I, I can echo I <laughs> that as well. It's exactly the same feeling. So. At the moment, I'm in waiting for a PHEV vehicle. Due to the amount of traveling I do, I've still got a little bit of range anxiety, so I need that little bit of extra security in the steps forward. Avnet as a whole are moving our entire fleet of company vehicles to PHEV as a bare minimum. And for many, as Andre mentioned, full electric, depending on their requirements for distance travel. But it is something we've been implementing over the last 12 to 18 months for all of our fleets. So every Avner employee who has a company vehicle will have either a PHEV initially or a full EV vehicle within the next few months. We're also working with our facilities to change all current estate of diesels, even within their current lease, to a bare minimum as a PHEV as an interim step to getting EV vehicles as well. Wow. Sarah, what about you?
0: I'm just about to get one. Of course they are incentives to be interested in fully electric cars. On the other side, of course, there are a lot of challenges like not having or lacking of EV charging at home. <laughs> so I think that I need to get rid of this problem first and then order my EV very soon.
1: I'm in very similar place, Sarah. I totally understand what you're saying. And let's hope that you no know, with all the work you are doing among others. That the network of charging stations and the technology for charging stations, the advanced technologies, keep advancing, and all of us reach the stage that Bevan just described with Abacus. It's tradition with our podcast, and Andre is very well aware of this. That as closing question, I ask you about where your individual passion for technology came from. So, Andre, you will be asked as the last one, so you will have to come up with a with a new story and with a new anecdote from your early life. So let's start with you, Sarah. Where, does your, where did your passion for technology originate from?
0: From the childhood. Very interesting because my father was very passionate about the technologies. So I remember my childhood working with my dad on his car, trying to do something on the motor or repair something, maintain some things. So I was always there with him. And I think that the passion come from those days, and uh, I just kept it with myself. I really enjoy watching technologies developing on one side, because I cannot be on every technology sector. And of course, on the electronic side, I'm very happy and passionate to be part of this, to develop this technology together with my colleagues.
1: Super interesting. Bevan, what about you? Were you also working on cars with your dad, or where did your passion for technology come from?
2: Very, very similar to Sarah, actually. <laughs> My father has been in hardware and software since the late 70s. And I actually built my first PC when I was about six years old in the mid 80s. My father then ran a hardware and software support company, which I worked for for many years before moving over to the UK. So I've, since a very young age, been involved in computers back in the day when they were very large and very heavy. But also, I enjoy cutting edge technology, anything that's differs from the norm. Anything that's the next generation is what interests me. AI, deep inferencing, IoT. I know they're keywords for a lot of people, but there's some really exciting stuff there. And that's what really drives me is new and exciting technology, things that aren't off the shelf and everywhere today, but the things that will change our lives in the future, like EV charging.
1: That hits very close to home for me. You know, I'm a computer scientist and with me, it was not my dad, but a cousin of my dad's and his Apple II and Ember monochrome CRT monitor. So, yeah, I totally understand. And Andre, what about you? What's the latest perspective on the origins of your passion for technology? <laughs>
3: <laughs> you just trigger my memories now with grandfathers. And yes, actually, I remember as a kid, now we call it refactoring. But at that time, we really repair everything, really, from washing machine, car, cooker, whatever. And, you know, the new age, things are actually now coming back. Yeah? So if I see now my passion following the energy sector about recycling, you know, we didn't touch this topic with EV charging, recycling and refactoring of the old cars, oh, that's repeating the history. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dear listeners, if you want to create charging infrastructure and build on the power of three with Avnet, you can find all necessary contact details in the show notes. Please feel free to subscribe to our podcast, Passion for Technology, on either Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of the other popular podcasting platforms. Sarah, Bevan, Andrei, thank you very much for joining us today.
0: Thank you, Mustafa. A big pleasure.
2: Thank you. See you next time. A pleasure. Thank you.